Le seul podcast sur le PSG en anglais. Hello and welcome to PSG Talking. I'm your host Ed, and it's a great day to be a Paris Saint-Germain supporter. As against all odds, PSG go into the Allianz Arena and come away with a 3-2 victory over Bayern Munich in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. There's so much to discuss in this match, and to help me break it down, I'm joined by PSG Talk contributors Carl Oscar Kalstrom and Guillaume Delaporte. Let me bring you guys in here. How's everyone doing? Yeah. Pretty well. <laughs> Pretty well. All smiles. Pretty well. Pretty well. Well, Guillaume, you're all smiles, so let's just start with you. Um, you were cautiously optimistic, um, but did you expect PSG to score three goals on the road against the defending champions? Sure. <laughs> sure you did. Sure I did. No, no, no. Um, like I expressed a few times, uh, a football game is like a story. You don't really know There's so many factors. And the fact that we scored so early in the game was perfect. Um, this Bayern team is not invincible. I know, of course, it would have been probably a different result with Lewandowski playing. He's a bit more clinical. It could have been a draw. We could have had, you know, four three defeat. Who knows? It could have been a different story with with Paredes and Verratti. Who knows? The fact is that by scoring early, which we were not able to do during the final, you insert a little seed of fear. And post tactic was perfect. Um, there, there's uh, some uh, who would argue you know. that he didn't have a tactic, that he just said, go ahead and no, Neymar he did. and Mbappe. No, no, no. But no, no, do you no. want to dispel the, those no, thoughts that no. he didn't have a tactic? Okay. Of course he did. Of course he did. Of course he did. Um, there's already posted on YouTube many tactical analysis. Um, I mean, saying that a high-level coach in the quarterfinal of the Champions League... <laughs> Against Bayern Munich doesn't have a tactic. I mean, sure, okay, if it makes you feel better. No, of course he did. Um, and it worked brilliantly. I mean, I'm not here to, I'm not, a, I'm not a tactician, but the reason why Draxler um, was there and positioned on the left, with Draxler on the left and Di Maria on the right, and, and Mbappe as a fake nine, which was terrifying for Bayern Munich, and Neymar. Oh, Neymar's game. Oh, subdued as a 10. Always, I couldn't believe it. He was getting the ball. Despite the insane and relentless pressure, Neymar always pos positioned, found himself between the lines and had Di Maria and Draxler to do one thing. One thing. Launch him. And both did really well. Jimaya's uh, pass, that's pretty much all he did during the game. That in insane pass for Neymar on the first goal. Gorgeous. On the third goal, Draxler did something similar. So that worked. That was Pochenito's plan, and it worked. A little bit of luck. Uh, tough conditions. Yeah, in the uh, snow. You know, people were screaming at Chupo. Chupo scored. That's uh, what he does. Uh, <laughs> You know, he could have scored another one. Uh, they didn't have Lewandowski. And, and, well, you know, shit happens. We didn't have Paredes. We didn't have Bernat. We didn't have Verratti. We, we didn't have Florenzi. We didn't have Icardi. Um, but another thing I mentioned is that if Gay and Danilo step up, we have a chance. And, oh, boy, did they step up. Danilo was a little at fault on on, on, on Schupo's goal. You know, he could have done a little better there. But Danilo as a, as a rock in midfield, protecting your, your central defense, and then as a rock, oh, my God, in the air. 25 crosses in the first half. 25 crosses by Bayern. It's like, it was a bombing. 
And Danilo Inier is exceptional. And now we understand why a tall, solid defensive midfielder in your arsenal of players at that stage of the Champions League and even before is crucial. And um, he had a great game. And Gay, um, after the third goal, mm-hmm. they started running out of steam by Munich. And one player on the pitch... Um, grew a third line and was everywhere. And Herrera helped a lot too. Herrera, unsung hero in his game. Uh, but Gay was, his last 30 minutes were insane, insane, insane. Ah, oh, oh, good to see, good to see. There's, there's really so much. See. And we'll talk a lot more about it. But that, that was a good summary of what happened. But, you know, Carl, I, I do want to ask you, you know, three away goals, massive in the Champions League. You look at the statistics, and by that perspective, Bayern Munich were absolutely dominant. Um, people are saying with Lewandowski, they would have easily won. Does PSG deserve a little bit more credit here? I mean, Marquinhos left after 30 minutes. We were playing with third-string fullbacks. I mean, it's not like we were full strength and still got beat like that. Like We did the job, and we were without major players too. So PSG deserve a little bit more credit than maybe that what they're getting, right? Yes and no. I think all the players, <laughs> all, all the players who played uh, for PSG, maybe apart from potentially Kassel uh, Kimpembe, who I thought could have, mm. I've seen him play, have better games. It wasn't a bad, horrible game, but I, I've seen him be more dominant than he was. Uh, and possibly Di Maria did fade out of the game quite a lot. Uh, but most other players played to the sort of the height of their ability. I, I don't think you could expect more from uh, Kolan Dagba, uh, for example. I, can you expect more from a, I don't know, a, a Julian Draxler at this point with his inconsistencies? Uh, so I think given the personnel that was available and, and that played, um, it, it wasn't a right game. But l- let's not. Uh, I mean, we, we were utterly dominated that game. I, I don't want to share code. And I, I've been getting into discussions on Twitter about this kind of stuff, about uh, XG. I love expected goals uh, measure because it's a really sophisticated way of actually calculating chances. Uh, but this is sort of the halftime uh, of the quarterfinal tie. We've got 90 minutes left to play, and, and I guess that's why I'm a bit hesitant to celebrate, because oh, yeah. we have been burnt before. I mean, uh, we've, we, we've had a party after, uh, in 2017 after uh, um, after we beat Barcelona 4-0, and then we got completely burnt. So I'm very hesitant to celebrate. Uh, eight out of ten times that game, even with Lewandowski missing, uh, Bob Bayern comes out uh, victorious probably we were very clinical and that that doesn't happen in, in, in every game even if you have good players finishing in, uh, and clinical sort of attacking is down to mostly uh, the players uh, like form on the day and uh, a lot of luck mm-hmm. Uh, just look at that first goal uh, from Kylian Mbappé. It's a bad shot, and uh, luckily Neuer makes make even even worse attempt at a save. I think the the elements had a little bit to do with that. You know, slick. You know, snowing yeah. a little, maybe hard to see. Um, I think that played a role. But I think you go on the other side of the pitch. The Kylian Navas, he was the busiest man in Europe probably yesterday with thirty one shots and twelve of them on, on target and. Um, you know, Chupa Thir- Boateng. Thir- 35 touches on the ball by Navas. <laughs> I mean, he was a busy man yesterday, but that's why we brought him in. I mean, you had okay. Kevin Trapp and some other uh, goalkeepers, Ariola, and, and they were fine, but they weren't at that elite stage. And we, we are now seeing what an elite goalkeeper can do for you. How has Keylor Navas been overlooked as one of the top two best goalkeepers in the world for the past eight years? I have no idea. He was great at Real Madrid, and he didn't get get any plaudits. He's incredible, and he's great. What now. did they replace him at Madrid? It's like for, for Courtois. It's like okay, sure, all right, uh, yeah. Now, um, let's let's stick on the defensive side, and um, we'll go back to you, Guillaume. You know, do you think 
how can I say this? They played a high line, a defensive line. We saw this in the final last season, and we thought that PSG could exploit that, and they never really were able to do that. We saw that yesterday. They exploited that, Mbappe in particular, which is you know clinical passing to him, and he just beat all of their defenders. Do you think in the return leg we're going to see them do that again, or do you expect Bayern Munich to make some changes? I expect Bayern to make some changes. Do they Remember have the personnel? The do they have the personnel to do that though? <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> of course they do. They but but why? Why would they play that line knowing Mbappe can outrun everyone? That's. I'm just trying to think. Like I'm not a tactician. I'm not a manager. Com- a little arrogance. Okay. Based on on the last meeting, and uh, all on the season they had last season and so far this season. They're on top of the world. They are uh, in, I mean, what a team. What a team Bayern Munich is. And, well, they showed it. The, 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 the finishing was their problem. It happens. Uh, like, like Carl said, you know, it happens for us. It didn't happen that game. Uh, we, we came back at halftime with two shots on target, two goals. Okay. In the quarterfinal of the Champions League at the... Uh, Alliance Arena, okay. Um, we know we can do it. We know they can do it. They didn't do it. We did it. Um, a little bit of... I mean, they, they, they are so confident. And that's why they've been dominating so far. They have everything. They have the best roster in European football. They have the trophies. They were, they were down two goals against Dortmund at home. They won 4-2. They know it's going to be all right. And... During the, you know, they played us and we were not toothless, but we didn't have that clinical finish. So, and you, you play at home. So, well, then they, 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 the pundits before the final were saying, oh, Bayern high line, and that didn't happen. So Bayern was like, it's not going to happen. It happened. Are they going to change it? Yes. Yeah, they're probably not going to play as high. But they're going to need goals. So that's going to have them push forward. I don't think Lewandowski is going to be back. Well, where they dominated is, is in the air. I mean, mm-hmm. the, both goals they scored were headers. Mm-hmm. Kimmich, quality of crosses and, and, and dead ball. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, what a player Kimmich is, guys. Yeah. He's, he's a six. He's not a six, he's a six, he's an eight, he's a ten. He's incredible. I mean, the quality of everything he does all the time, all the time, is absurd. And um, second leg is is going to be a tough one. I mean, they can definitely win 2-0 or 3-0 at at Parc des Princes. We know it. Mm -hmm. Can we... It's it's impossible to know how it's going to go. it's, it's know, a must-watch Ver- game. I mean, Verratti may be back, but is he going to be at 100%? Um, a lot of tough choices. Uh, tough choices. I think if he's, if he's back, he should be fine. I mean, he had the COVID test, but it wasn't like a major injury or anything. So I, I expect him Na- to be able to play well. Nabry will be back too, apparently. Yeah. So And uh, he's, he's terrifying too. So <laughs> will they adapt? I mean, to a certain extent, what can you do? Yes, you need to score goals, but they know they can score in the air. They may really, really uh, insist on this. Posh will definitely know. I, I, I think Danilo will be, will be there again because he's such a protection in the air. Um, huge, huge scare if we don't have Marquinhos on the return leg. They probably will, will play a little lower, not as high. Um, they were scared. You, you, there was no overlap by their fullbacks at any time. Pavard had a couple of situations, but you never rarely saw their fullbacks going past their wingers and becoming wingers because they were terrified of, of the counterattack. Um, so I'm no tactician, but I would assume a, a few fine tunings by Bayern for the return leg. Uh, it's it's difficult to play Paris Saint-Germain. It's very, very difficult to play Paris yeah. Saint-Germain. In, in good news for us, Keane, mm-hmm. definitely, uh, uh, not Di Maria, uh, Keane, if he's back at 100%, is an additional weapon for us, an additional bullet. Um, oh boy, it's going to be interesting. Uh, terrifying. Terrifying. I know. I'm, I'm like... 
going to be watching like this. I don't want to see what happens. It's going to be nerve-wracking. Um, Carl, I saw your eyebrows raise a little bit when we are talking about this high line. Bayern need to score goals. They can be exploited if they play the high line. How do you, how do you think that their tactics will change? And if you want to touch on Guillaume's point where maybe Bayern was a little bit arrogant, where they thought they could get away with that again. Do you want to just talk about Bayern's tactics in this one? Yeah. Ever since uh, Hansi Flick took over in 2019... Uh, they have been playing mostly like this, barely changing. I haven't watched them a lot in the Bundesliga, granted, but uh, in, in Europe they have been playing a high line, and they haven't been hurt until yesterday. They were almost hurt against Lyon in the semifinals. Uh, More than I mean, almost, it was a yeah. miracle. A miracle yeah. that did this. Uh, yeah. Okay, can be should probably have scored. I don't remember who who else. Yeah, yeah. pay too. Yeah. Uh, so this was a, it was really one of the first times they actually got hurt, uh, which uh, in, in a way that will po- uh, possibly have uh, consequences for them. But I do not see them changing their tactics. Uh, since they have been using this for what is it, one and a half years or something uh, now. And I mean, they're such a ferocious team on the, on the attack. So yeah. powerful. In, in terms of individual quality, they have very good players, but apart from Lewandowski, they don't have a top five-ish. You know, we can always debate on who, but, but yeah, yeah, uh, but, but they don't have a two Neymar, uh, one Neymar, and, and an Mbappe. They have a an attacking machine. Their interchanging play in, in attack is astounding. I've never seen them. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. They're so good at one one touch passing, and I don't see them letting that up for uh, just to play a slightly lower defensive line. Alaba is very crucial to their attacking play. Even if he wasn't that good defensively yesterday, he was able to play quite high, and with his ball playing ability. I mean, for for Austria, he usually plays as midfielder. Uh, so he, he's crucial to that attack, just providing good quality passes from from deep. And the, the, he he also stepped up into midfield when Leon Goretzka was was injured. Uh, it, it's possible that the injuries to the Bayern players will change their uh, tactics somewhat, but I, in general, no, I don't see them changing. I can, uh, because, yeah, go ahead. It, it usually works. I mean, they. I, I know this. Everyone will say, well, they didn't win. But they, eight, as I said, eight out of ten times, they will probably win this game. Uh, and you have to, when making a, making an analysis of the previous game, you have to look at, you have, you, have to, you, you can't just look at the scoreline. You have to look at what, what actually happened. Uh, and that is what, uh, that, that is what Hansi Flick and his team will look at. And I, I would continue playing as they did because they utterly dominated PSG. So, that's a great point. Let's let's start looking a little bit more at that second leg and who is going to be available. Do let's look at Byron first. Lewandowski, I don't think he's going to be making it back. I saw an image where he's rehabbing, but kind of like what Guillaume said with Verratti, even if he's back, I don't think he's going to be. He's not back. No. It's, it's semi-official. Today. Yeah, yeah. He he spoke to Sky Sports Germany yesterday, and uh, I, I believe on air, and said he wasn't going. Yeah. To be here, so. Okay, so I mean, they may get. Nabry back, um, but and Gia, maybe you know more about this with the the French rules with COVID. He may not have a long enough period of isolation, right, in order to be be able to come back and participate. Uh, depends when he was diagnosed yeah. with it. It's ten days, so same for for Verratti should. Yeah, he should be able to. Make it was it. announced two days after Verratti, so it's it's so hard to know. Yeah, and also. Well, COVID is no joke. So coming back from uh, COVID, uh, you're, look at look, look at Keynes. He was so exhausted. Yeah. So Nabry is all dynamism. So without juice, he may not be such uh, a threat. But to go back to the tactics, it's yeah. not necessarily a change of tactics, but a slight change of positioning of the block. So yeah, it's a change of tactics. The way they play, they're not going to change it. But the positioning, if you give Mbappé 10 less meters, 5 less meters, it's a big factor. And I think you'll see Davies come in because he's someone who could match Mbappé pace for pace. And I, th- I don't know why he didn't start. 
Lucas Hernandez has been playing very well in the Champions League, and he's actually uh, Davis has only started one game uh, in, in Europe for Bayern, so I think that's just the reason. Very good form from Hernandez. But, Hernandez is, is one of the best um, in the world. I mean, uh, if you remember his World Cup with, with France. Uh, but you could be really good, but if you can't catch Mbappe, you're not going to be very effective. Who can catch? Davies. Can catch? I think Davies is just as fast. I, I, like, they, it's probably those two in the top paciest mm-hmm. uh, players, I would say. But yeah. but I get your point. The same. I remember we us having the same discussion with... Uh, uh, I believe when PSG played Barcelona back in the days when we have Lucas Moura. <laughs> uh, and uh, if if you should play him with Jordi Alba or not. So, I mean, it is a discussion to be had. And Davis did well when he came on, overlapped uh, outside of uh, Kingsley Coman. Yeah, but Davis, I mean, Mbappe was a fake nine. So he could be on the right, could be on the left. So, you know, if Davis is a factor, he's going to move away. Playing Mbappe as a fake nine for this game was per. Perfect. Yeah, Perfect. If, if you're PSG, and, and, and that should yeah. be done again for the return leg. And, and that's what I was going to say. If you're PSG, I don't know how much you change. I think you keep the same game plan, except you're going to get some players back. So let's look at PSG. We think Verratti's going to be back, right? Even if he's a little tired, even if maybe play 45 minutes, that's a huge boost uh, for PSG, I think. Florenzi? I think so. Florenzi, maybe. No, Verratti at 100%. Yeah. But Verratti at 50, 60%. Is it? Uh, you know, when you see Gay, um, Danilo Gay, mm-hmm. during that game, the work they've done. So where, where are you going to put? Where are you going to put Verratti? You got Paredes um, too coming and, back, and, and Neymar between the lines, always available, gorgeous again, gorgeous game, very subdued, mm-hmm. and the Neymar's intuition. On the second goal, on Marquinhos' goal, like I watched that goal ten times. He's taking information in an eighth of a second. He's, he's running back. He does this, and you see, you see Marquinhos being like, ding, ding, you know, hopeful, and and then the pass. This is another scene. It's like for Bayern. Oh my God, what can we do against these guys? When you have a guy like Neymar as a ten. Playing between the lines, a bit like Muller. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be super hard for PSG. The second the second leg is gonna be super hard for Bayern too. What a what a we're lucky guys. I mean, yeah. what a confrontation! Incredible. And this Incredible. is exactly the position you would want to be in if you're PSG. If you would say, hey, if you're going into a second leg against Bayern Munich at home with three away goals in your back pocket, I think every PSG uh, supporter would take that immediately if you told them before this. Of Sorry, we'd be like, absolutely, that's fine with me. We'll take it. We'll, of course, we'll play it at, at the park and, and see what happens. Where you know we haven't had the greatest form, but that's um, you know domestically. Um, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, we, we talked about Verratti coming back. Paredes might be able to come back. Um, Another game for Paredes. Yeah, so I th- we're getting strong. You know, you never know what happens against Strasbourg. We need points. I, I don't think Pochettino is going to be able to rotate the squad. We need we need oh. three points, so we'll see. But I, I want to mentioning Poch, I want to give him some credit. So he's the only manager to beat Bayern Munich in the Champions League since March of 2019. He's the only manager to beat Barcelona at the Camp Nou uh, this year in, in 2021. Not too bad, eh? And not too bad. I know there's a lot of people. Not too shabby. Carl, we can go to you because I think you know you you preferred Tuchel, or you you didn't really maybe understand why he was let go, or. I know there's a lot of people that are, you know, because you see Tuchel's success at Chelsea and, you, and people think, you know, was it right to let him go? And now that we're seeing these results from Pochettino, maybe it worked out for everyone. Is that the case? Uh, with, with Tuchel, I just, I, I like the guy. Firstly, just like to get that out of the way. But uh, I'm not sure his fighting was justified. Um, every big team has a really weird season this year with loads of bad performances, struggling offensively, just COVID-related um, mostly. And PC, we didn't play very sexy sexy football, but uh, we did get okay results. But yes, I understand you want, you want better football, but I, I wouldn't argue we've gotten that. We, uh, we, we're scoring less, we're conceding more uh, game after game. I would not say Pochettino has improved the team overall. Uh, we have the, we've had two big results 
in uh, Barcelona and Bayern away, which are huge in terms of the sort of stature of, of the match. It's, it's up there. Uh, I, I've been speaking to um, PSG Helsinki, uh, my uh, fellow Northern European friend, uh, and he, he, he pointed out to me uh, that uh, we really need to give Pochettino a, at least a transfer window and a full preseason. Uh, and I, I fully agree with that. I think it's hard to sort of fully analyze uh, what he has done so far, uh, given the, the circumstances of, of, the, uh, of his appointment and Tuchel's firing. So when, when I personally criticize Pochettino uh, on, on Twitter, I know a lot of people uh, see that. I, I mostly do it just to point out uh, sort of just sort of the hypocrisy with, with Tuchel uh, and, and that things actually haven't gotten much better. Uh, but but yeah, uh, I, I'm not sure it was masterclass yesterday. He had a very limited squad, so he didn't have much he could do. Uh, what he did do well was instruct Mbappé to run uh, in the right channels, uh, which opened up space. Uh, so that he did very, very well. And it's hard to know exactly what is tactics when you just look at the TV, let's be honest. We can all pretend to be uh, super analytical. No, no, we're, we're mostly just guessing here. Uh, can you just touch on the Verratti issue very quickly? Yeah, yeah please. Yeah. So uh, I don't like we have seen Verratti play. Uh, I don't know how many times we've seen him come in for a Champions League game when he hasn't played for three weeks. He often has these two or three week long absences just before either via suspension, sickness, or whatever. So I mean, I'm pretty used to seeing 80% Marco Verratti, and I'm quite I'm fine with that because he's that good. I believe, to, uh, sort of tactically or what if fitness-wise, it will be very important for the PSG team. We had a really hard time keeping a hold of the ball yesterday, uh, which in- essentially increases the time in which Bayern can attack and put pressure on us. Uh, so having Mbappé to no, sorry, I'm sorry, having Verratti there to help Neymar and and Raxler to keep a hold of the ball and act as a uh, as, as a focal point to play out of the back uh, could be really crucial just to get maybe six or seven minutes of possession from uh, compared to this game. Uh, it could be crucial. So I would yeah. play him or if Ver- uh, Paredes looks really good in training, play him and get Verratti on in the sixth mm-hmm. or whatever. That's, a game, that's yeah. a game for Paredes. Yeah, we, we well, might might see get a hint of what is planned just by who starts and who plays against Strasbourg. We'll get an, an idea of that. Um, Gim, do you want to talk about Diallo? I know he's a player that you really rate, and uh, I thought he played pretty well against uh, Bayern Munich on the left-hand side there. Um, there's other disease than than COVID around here, and he caught one of them. He played sick. He gave her all he's got, and I found him brilliant. Um, he secured the defense. He gave confidence to the defense. Um, and uh, he'll probably be back. He's, he's, he's all starting left back, that's it. And he's, he's huge. I mean, he's, he's, he's not huge, but it gives a little more confidence to the defense. Backer came in, wasn't as good, especially with the ball, but um, like Carl said in a previous podcast, defensively, backer, ouch, in duels. Oof. <laughs> But it's going to be on the man. Yeah. He's, he's not as uh, mobile as no. Diallo. But he's good. But if Bayern's going to play over the top and headers, and, and Carl said, you know, both of Bayern's goals were headers, you need he's those. in the air, too. Yeah, you need those big physical guys that can get in there yeah. and clear the ball. Absolutely. Um, lots of positive. I mean, when Marquinhos left the pitch, I was like, I was almost crying. I was like, that's it. And it wasn't it. You could see the body language of the team. No, no, we're going to be okay. Um, they trust Danilo. They trust Navas. Um, they saw that, you know, our newbie right back was actually doing his best. And that, I mean, Dagba had a, had a solid game, guys. He, um, no he had a, he, well, yeah, but he's so mobile. He, he, he had a couple of little positioning issues, but Poch talked to him. and So his positioning was always right. 
He didn't make any blunders. Oh my God, that was a huge factor. That was a huge factor. Coman is a monster. Yeah. He's a monster. Highest rated um, player, I think, for Bayern. He's incredible. Yeah. Coman, uh, fully fit. I mean, he's back in the French national team. Um, he, he even sent Mbappe on the bench for one game. That's how good. Coman, my goodness gracious. He ravages defenses. And Dagba got beaten a few times, but not. He was always on him, always on. Oh my goodness, that was a yeah. that was wonderful. All the players stepped up. Well, um, and, and go ahead. Know, we got bomb. We got bombarded. We learned to suffer. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I understand. Carl is is not convinced by Pochettino, even if you know he said he came in the middle of a season. He doesn't have. He had no say in the transfers, of course. And you need a full summer. Well, that's going to be Euro, so that's going to be another issue. But um, another factor is also, well, we don't have Thiago Silva. So defensively, we are a little looser since since he left. Yeah. Um, another factor is that we played in 4-4-2 or 4-3-3 with Tuchel, mainly. Posh is sticking to his 4-2-3-1. So quite a few big changes for the team, and they seem to adapt pretty well. Um, they believe. They believe in themselves. That's at no point yesterday. I felt the team was lost. They kept it together, kept it because they know. They they, they know Neymar and Mbappe, uh, you know, can deliver at any time, and 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 it's quite exceptional that Bayern comes back to. Two goals down to 2-2. I mean, you, you almost expected it. And eight minutes later, we score another goal. That's incredible. Incredible. That doesn't happen to Bayern Munich. That's because the team believes. They believe. They, believe, they, they, they gain experience. Even Dagba is showing it. Everybody steps up in these games now. And uh, Verratti was out. Normally, it's a catastrophe. Complete catastrophe. Neymar was out. The, the, the previous game. That's normally a catastrophe. And we can, we seem to be able to manage losing a few key players for the first time in the, 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 the QSI Paris Saint-Germain. Normally we're out of a key player. We're out. Um, this, is, this is huge. Yeah, this is now we may be crushed 3-0 on the return leg. Who knows? But, you know, there's, there's clear progress here. Mm-hmm. And, and going to the new camp and scoring four, going to the Alliance uh, Arena and scoring three. Not Who else? No, yeah, Who not, else not has done it teams, in, in recent years? Not too many teams are doing that. And that's why uh, my earlier questions like PSG deserve a little bit more credit. Um, a little bit more. We, we talked about some, we talked about Coleman, how great he was. And as always, before a big Champions League match, there always seems to be something in the media that kind of like disparages PSG in some way. And it used to be that narrative of how cool. weak League One is. And so I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that New York Times piece. Um, I've got to put up, uh, pulled up um, on my screen here. It's written by, stand by, uh, Rory Smith. And it's mm-hmm. all about, you know, the plethora of, of talent in Paris and the surrounding suburbs and how PSG really should, you know, concentrate on keeping the players in their academy or, you know, using this rich network of players right in their own backyard, and they don't seem to be able to do that. Um, do you guys have any, any thoughts on that? Because PSG do try to play, you know, sign these players to their academy. Getting them on a professional contract is very difficult. There's rules in France that make it difficult and more advantageous for them to move on and um, other leagues and make more money and more notoriety. Um, and PSG just have a star-studded lineup. It's hard to break through. And so I just wanted to get your overall thoughts. I know it's something we've talked about before, just how much talent is in Paris. But um, we can go to Carl. Do you have any thoughts on sh- is PSG having their stars and looking around Europe for players instead of in their own backyard, as I said? Do you, do you think that maybe they should start shifting a little bit more? I mean, there there is nuance to this uh, this question. It's just not uh, yes or no. Uh, I, I would personally want more uh, Parisian sort of stars in, in the team. It's also a question: Okay, do you go for players that have been developed abroad and are born in Paris, or do you actually want 
to develop your like bring them through the academy because that takes time that i mean it, it takes as much time as uh, it takes for someone to grow up uh so i mean i mean i i would love many many of the big stars from paris uh who plays around Europe to play for uh, psg but it's it's hard to break into a team it's hard to be a a galactical style team while mm-hmm. at the same time having people like i, I know we saw from paris but just, like if, if we just look, look at young players uh, uh Simons, for example uh or well, Tongi uh, Kwasi uh, is a good, good example. He he left for by mention. Uh, Where was he yesterday? Huh. I don't know. Like, and and I, I I really don't like too much when people are sort of getting on young players' backs. They're so young; they have huge decisions on their hands. I mean, how many of us ha- haven't sort of wanted to try new things when we're young, and then it doesn't pay out? But, so I mean. The criticism towards Kwasi is a bit harsh. I think what was it, seventeen? How many dumb decisions didn't we make? Then? Sure, sure. Yeah, so, so I mean, uh, I, I I want us to be able to to take care of to take care of the talent uh, person, and I hope something like the new new uh, yeah. tra- training ground that's going going to be introduced in what is it twenty twenty three or something? Yeah, and I think that's uh, going to be a huge uh, benefit to PSG in keeping some of these players for sure. Uh, and uh, ho- hopefully uh, that that could help uh, with, with with that kind of stuff. But so, so I mean, the, the the potential part where where you could develop is uh, just have managers that are committed to mm-hmm. giving uh, game time to uh, young players. I honestly I, I try to understand why manager after manager don't play these young players. Uh, I personally don't don't understand. It. There is probably a very good uh, answer. I don't know it. Per- I don't know it personally. I would love to see more game time be- being given to people like uh, Fadiga when he was still in the squad and uh, almost alone out. Simon, uh, Simons and um, yeah, yeah. There, there were several like sixteen-year-olds that made the trip to Germany uh, yesterday. Yeah, because we just needed to fill out the the roster. I think Pembele, he's a player I really rate. I like him a lot. Um, I, I just yeah, I think that that new training facility is going to help and. I don't know. Maybe you look at what Bayern Munich does. You just look around your own league and and buy the best German players at a bargain from Dortmund or wherever Leipzig, and you just bring them in. Maybe that's what PSG does. You know, uh, Guillaume, do you have any thoughts on this? Sure. Um, they're doing both. They are completely aware of sitting on the biggest hoards of all players in on planet on the planet Earth. The second biggest is probably the Sao Paulo area in Brazil. Guess what? There's a P- PSG Academy in Sao Paulo. They opened it up uh, a few months ago, and they are scouting hard there. So now they got, <laughs> they got both. Um, it, it will only take one player to come out of, this, um, of these reservoirs and raise to international level to pay for the whole investment. Um, and eventually it's going to happen. Yeah. So they're, they're banking on a generational. Another Mbappe. Another Mbappe and he will come. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, they gr- they're growing young players. And if they are successful and interesting, and they can't join the, the A team, well, they will be sold. And that's 5 million, 7 million, 12 million, 10 million, and that's, that's money in the, in the coffers. So I think it's a very good way, especially in France, because we seem to, to for, for, for a long time, the specialty of, the French, of French football was uh, cent, you know, central defense, defensive midfield. You look in the in the past; it's 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 evolving a little bit, but in the past, in the like three four years ago, and and for the last ten years before that, we produced an incredible number of really solid uh, central defenders and defensive midfields, and they all went to the EPL, they went to Germany, they went. When you have a team like PSG with world stars up front. If we can get 
uh, a great DM from the academy, another key pen based style in central yeah. defense. Hallelujah. And uh, I think the club is, is doing the right thing. You look everywhere. You look what are our options. Yeah. Of course, we're sitting on a gold mine. Well, let's 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 mine the gold mine. It, it's not and just see the, how it goes. It's not just the talent. You need you need <coughs> a player like Kimpembe with that love of Paris and the love of the club. Rabio didn't really have that. I don't think Coleman really had that because these are players that PSG desperately tried to keep a hold of. They saw the talent. Kwasi. Yeah. Kwasi. I'm, I'm still here. Still yeah, here. They gave him plenty of time, but they didn't have... They gave plenty of yeah, time to work. They didn't have PSG plenty in their heart like Kimpembe does. Like, I don't know if Kimpembe will ever leave. I, I just think he, he loves Paris oh, too much. He, oh, yeah, no, this no. is in his heart. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's what it is. You got to find the talent and, and a player that wants to stay and not listen to agents and family members I, chirping I, in their ear note, to take more money. Did you see Kimpembe and Shupo at the end of the game? Like like no. coming out of the pitch, like no. Kimpembe was like you know, oh he's yeah. wonderful. But Kimpembe was no a no one, a nobody until much later in his development, and suddenly it's like something clicked, and he became that uh, international level central defender. You never know with with your academy. You never know, and and then we have those super flashy young stars. Like Simmons, is he going to develop into something? It, but we have this. We have yeah. the academy. Now there's one in in Brazil, and we have uh, endless budget. So yeah. that's more than a lot of other clubs can say that they have <laughs> a lot more. Um, I, I I do want to ask you guys before we run out of time here. Marquinhos, um, he scored the goal. Great pass for Neymar, but amazing first touch. Can you, Carl, can you name any center backs that you would rather have over Marquinhos? Or is he, he's in that top three conversation, right? He is amazing. And again, this is kind of the theme of the podcast. I don't know if he gets that much credit. I don't know if he gets the credit he actually deserves for being one of the best top three center backs in the world. It takes a long time to get that status when you're at Paris. It took, it has taken Marco Verratti six, seven years of constantly thinking on a mass like a really good level uh to get that and i'm thinking marquinhos is slowly sort of getting the recognition around europe uh i know i don't know hard to say i think there there are better center backs not many uh, like van dyke is a better center back but he's also older marquinhos is younger he's still what is it 26 27 uh, uh 26 i think yeah. 26 i yeah. think i actually checked yesterday it's so young. yeah we're defender that super is young. Uh, yeah i mean Delic, probably, possibly, sorry. Uh, he, he could uh, turn it around at Juve. He's still very, very young and could turn out to be an amazing generational centre-back. We but we don't know. In terms of age and player profile and leadership, I mean, there aren't many around that I would pick over him. Uh, th there are many good centre-backs, but, I mean, I I'm also speaking from a position where I lo love the players. So it's... It is, there's also that that aspect of it, <laughs> you know. And what's great is how versatile he is. Like um, you mentioned, Dilek, can he play defensive midfielder? I don't know. Does he have a first touch like that? Can he take a pass from Neymar, thirty yards or whatever it was, and knock it down and put it in the back of the net? But it's not even the pass from Neymar. It's yeah. like you can tell he created it. He was up front. He felt Bayern defense coming up. He, he felt he wasn't offside. And he gave a body language to Neymar, who like in a fraction, oh, you want a world-class pass right now? Yeah, no problem. Here it is. As a central defender, you feel it's like he, suddenly he switched into a striker, yeah. the mindset of a striker. Yeah. Uh, and how many crucial, crucial Champions League goals he scored so far? I mean, my goodness gracious. So not only is he incredible in central defense, and he's odd because he's a little skinny, he's not that tall. Mm -hmm. He got trained by the best central defender in terms of positioning. I mean, I don't, I don't remember. Maybe... <sighs> I got to go back 20, 30 years to find a better central defender in terms of positioning than Thiago Silva. And Thiago Silva 
mentored Marquinhos to the player he is today. There was potential, but then you have Silva as, as your mentor. He's, um, and he's the captain of the team. And oh my God, don't we love, don't we love him? Let's be, let's be grateful. We have Neymar, we have Mbappé, we have Di Maria, We've we have Verratti, a... but we have, we have Marquinhos and uh, yeah. There's, Hallelujah. there's been, not that I've seen, there's been no official word on Marquinhos' status. He did leave the game early, so hopefully he could come back. And I think if we have him in the lineup, I, I give us a 60-70% chance of moving on. He definitely increases it. Um, Guillaume, I know you've got to go soon, but I just, overall, I want to look at the Champions League in general and get your thoughts on this. Um, Manchester City or Dortmund, we're going to play one of those two if we were to advance. City's up 2-1 over Dortmund going to Dortmund now. Mm. What do you think is going to happen there? Let, let's just, you know, if PSG make it through, um, what do you think is going to happen in that in that game? Do you think it's going to be City or Dortmund waiting for us? I, I wasn't impressed by City. I wasn't um, either. They are incredibly clinical, like like Paris Saint-Germain in many ways. I wasn't impressed by Dortmund either. I think they mentally... The, the, the first 15 minutes were interesting and they were kind of overwhelming City a bit. It's an open game. I mean, it's 2-1, you know. Um, Dortmund probably, they probably know they have their chances. Um, I would pick... score. Um, and you know he's probably going to no, get on the score he, sheet. He, he never got the ball. Yeah. He never got the ball. Never, ever got the ball. Only once and he almost got um, he set up the goal but, for Marco but Royce. But he set up, he set up, yeah, he can do other things than yeah. just going. He, he, the, the, what he did for Royce, so it's gorgeous. Um, I'd love to have Dortmund again over City, of course. But that'd be interesting. So people would call it the oil derby. City, <laughs> City PSG. Natural gas, damn it. <laughs> if we beat by Yeah. Okay. This is, we are eons away from this. <laughs> eons away. Yeah. It's halftime, 3-2. That's, that's, you know. Yeah, it is. It's Bayern Munich. Yeah, it's, it's Bayern Munich. <laughs> the best team in Europe. And they showed, they showed why again. Um, they couldn't, they couldn't finish, but they may, they may, they may be a little more clinical in the second leg. Yeah. And you know, mentally, they'll be there. And oh my God, the first 15 minutes. Yeah. Well, hopefully they are going to be intense. <laughs> and and the game is on my birthday of all all days. So oh, it is? yeah, if we get knocked Aww. out, it's going to be not a great day for me. Um, luckily, I don't celebrate my birthday anymore. That's what happens when you get old. Um, Carl, any thoughts about City Dortmund or anything else that you saw in the other Champions League games? Is there a team that's emerging that you're you're thinking, you know, Real Madrid was impressive. Though. Yeah, that they were my team. Yeah, I thought they were really good. Vinicius. Yeah. Uh, so uh, in terms of City and uh, Dortmund, I just I, I feel really bad for Dortmund given the call from uh, uh, the referee in that game. Absolutely horrific call. It should be two two. He stole that goal from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an away goal as well. Just want to mention that for our uh, our BVB listeners. Uh, sorry guys, uh, but it, it's going to be a tight one. Uh, I, I think uh, Manchester City across the whole season have been the Best team in Europe, uh, better, m- more consistent, and consistent. much, m- much more, uh, m- much better defensively than uh, than a Bayern Munich, who I believe has been the second best team. Um, but we'll see. They, they've had their like we, we've all been speaking about uh, PSG's mental blocks in the past in terms of European competitions, but Man, Man City is, uh, is also there. I mean, they haven't gotten. I don't know. I, 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 don't quote me on this, but they haven't gotten past the quarters since uh, the, the, the quarterfinal against Austin, I want to say 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, Pep seems to tinker a lot. Uh, people are blaming it on him. I'm, I'm not sure that's fair, but it, it's still a factor. So we'll see. It's very 50-50 for me in that game. Uh, yeah. uh, Erling Haaland could just ha- have an absolute crazy game. and go crazy, yeah. yeah. Could, could score four uh, so we'll see in terms of the other games uh, I heard someone else uh, say this yesterday uh, for, uh, the, the Real Madrid versus Liverpool game it was a game on who could sort of uh, hide their defensive fragility 
the best. Uh, both teams have looked fragile uh, defensively uh, for, for a lot of the season, but uh, Liverpool did, did the best. Uh, Nacho and Edin Militao had, really, had really good games. Uh, Alexander-Arnold had a horrific game, and Vinicius exposed that. Yeah. Uh, Real quick, what, so, what the hell happened to Jurgen Klopp? Like, he's over here blaming the, the stadium, the pitch, and... Like... He always... <laughs> He's a great manager, but for some reason he loves to complain. It's so childish, and I think most Liverpool fans are sort of annoyed with it as well. He he's weird, weird like that. He he complains about small things that just sound sort of petty. I think he's starting uh, to burn out there at Liverpool. I think the the players are starting to turn off. They might have to rotate that squad a little bit. Could be COVID as well. Like we don't we don't know at this point. But yeah. just just very 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 shortly on um, in, in terms of COVID, uh, just very very quickly on the injury in, in, on the injuries. Yeah. I think the big football federations have have to take a look back in the rear rearview mirror after this season and see if condensing the season as they did was the right choice. The players are getting run down. Way too many injuries. These players live for like their physical ability. If their bodies break down, they don't have any income. Uh, so yeah, we had two injuries in the first half, and we don't we don't want, we don't want to see that as football supporters. No. The players don't want to be injured. So yeah. I hope it's too much. It's too much football. Just league games, Champions League, international break. We've got the World Cup coming up. What is it already next year? Um, it, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of football. For these it's a guys. lot of football. Yeah. They are millionaires, but uh, they are people, and they have physical limits. Just want to touch on that because I think it's an important discussion to be had after this season. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and quick, I know... quick, yeah, go quick ahead. Note on, quick note on Liverpool. Yeah. Ronaldo is hasn't renewed his contract, and I don't know if you watch Real Madrid, um, Liverpool, but the game he had again, Ronaldo. Oh my God. Maybe give him a look this summer. What a player. Yeah. Oh my God, he would be nice at Paris Saint-Germain. Hopefully, Leonardo's uh, keeping in touch with his agent. Yeah, yeah. Old, just uh, sort of. I think he's uh, he's on the wrong side of thirty, so I think you have to keep that in mind. But it's not a bad acquisition if we want. Not get... a bad acquisition. Yeah, no. It's all about the money, though. PSG are not immune to the financial restraints of everything going around with COVID. So. Hey. Something's going, some, something's going on with we, the FFP. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll have, yeah. There'll, we'll be, see. there'll be some new yeah. players for sure, at least defensively. We, we need some reinforcements, yeah. center yeah. backs. And, so we'll Left, see. No, fullbacks, yeah. Yeah, exciting times. All right, guys, let's get out of here. Uh, Carl, let everyone know how they can find you on Twitter if they want to say hello. Where did I put? No, I had a, I had a sign that. <laughs> Where's your sign? Oh, I just wait. Is it here? You got to get it, like a little board, like I've got back here with your little handle. I don't know if people can see that. I can't find it, but uh, it's a C O K L L M. I don't even know. Well, it's, link, uh, link in the description. We'll we'll put a link. Yeah, link in the description. You can see it in the tweet. Uh, find me on Twitter. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. I've really been enjoying joining uh, for the past few weeks. It's been yeah. really fun. Yeah, absolutely, and and better. We're recording a little bit earlier, so it's not like 11 o'clock at night for you. <laughs> um, and then, Guillaume, how can people find you? They can find me at Off The Door 1 on Twitter. Very nice. Mm -hmm. let, let, me, let me promote. Oh, I There can't. we go. <laughs> He's got Off The Door. Oh, here is Carl and he's saying. This is my career handle. Great, and I am as always at PSG Talk. We're, we're everywhere. Visit the site. Um, we're still doing um, Twitch uh, streams for the PSG, so subscribe to their channel. We'll probably record either this weekend or maybe, you know, probably after the Strasbourg game, we'll record. So maybe have you guys on or someone else on the team if they're available. So we're still doing that. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, that's still going, and, and of course, all of our podcasts. Leave us a review, whether you, you like the show or, or hate it. All feedback is appreciated. Um, and with that, we'll get out of here. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye, guys. Okay. Cheers.